Welcome back to Million Dollar Landscaper Podcast, episode 93. Today, we're super excited because we have one of our members of the Million Dollar Academy on, Derek Tausig of Tausig Landscape. Hey, everybody, we're your host, Scott and Katie Molchan. And to, on today's episode, we have a guest for you. His name is Derek Tossig, and he is actually a member of our academy. He owns Tossig Landscape in Manhattan, Kansas. And before we want to get started, I did just want to say we tried to interview Derek the other day and like nothing went as planned. Uh, like things weren't recording. Uh, yeah, even Scott's <laughs> even Scott's backup plan didn't work. I think Scott, you know, he has whenever we have to call somebody. He knows what we're going to do. And then he he has a backup plan and the backup plan didn't work. And while we were interviewing, we have a new dog. I had to like bounce out of the interview because our dog was trying to claw through our son's bedroom door. So like the moral of this rant is sometimes even with like the best laid plans, things don't go how you want them to go. Um, and this is also my public apology to Derek for that cluster. <laughs> and I so appreciate you giving this another try. I know you're busy. Um, so Thank you so very much for dealing with our little bit of a mess um, and taking the time out of your day for a second time uh, to go ahead and do this interview with us. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> oh, no problem at all. I, uh, thanks for having me and uh, look forward to uh, getting it done this time. Yeah. Fingers <laughs> crossed. The dog's yeah, behaving really well right now, so it's a good sign. We're doing good. I, I see you talking on there. <laughs> but So, Derek, Perfect. good. Thanks. Uh, thanks again for being here. Um, you mind just sharing us a little history of your business, you know, how you got started and, and whatnot and what type of work you do? Yes, absolutely. So I started uh, a mowing company in high school. I probably had 40, 30 or 40 customers when I was 14 years old, pushing a push my around the neighborhood. <laughs> and then uh, I grew up to a fairly uh, large maintenance company. Um, I mowed uh, somewhere around 130 yards. And, but I really didn't have a clue what I was doing. I wasn't charging enough. Uh, I wasn't really happy with what I was doing. And, uh, so I sold the business, uh, when I was 19 and joined the Army National Guard. I uh, served in the Army for eight years and a few combat tours. Uh, but during that time, I, uh, I was just National Guard. And so I, I worked for four different professional landscape companies. Um, some here in Manhattan, Kansas, and I moved out and worked on the East Coast for a couple of years. And um, then I got out of the Army in 2011 and started school at K-State here in Manhattan. And instead of uh, getting a job like a normal person, I thought, well, I'll just start a little mowing company and uh, I'll, I'll just uh, mow a few yards just as my job to get through college. And then one thing led to another, then I was doing landscape projects <laughs> and it was too much. So I hired a couple part-time guys and then here I am now, uh, 25 full-time employees and, uh, we are, we're a full service business and we run three mo crews, a fertilizer and chemical crew, a weed pulling crew, maintenance and, and pruning. And that's, that's the gist of my maintenance department. And then, uh, we're also a, uh, 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 full design build. Um, we do everything from retaining walls, patios, outdoor kitchens to landscapes, plants, uh, irrigation systems. And, uh, we do it all. Nice. I like it. That's so, a great story. That's, 
Okay. You've built a, a good thing. And I like that um, you said like a normal person, like you didn't just go get a job because I I don't know if there's any like official studies that you have to be crazy to open your own landscaping business, but I would maybe like to see stats on that. So yeah, yeah. no, you've done great. That's an awesome story. It is. It's uh, and the mowing business is the lowest cost of entry. Mm-hmm. $2,000, sure. a small trailer, a pickup truck and a mower, and you can, you can kind of get out there and Yes. And uh, do it pretty easily. It, it's one of the things I like about this industry is like, it, you know, anybody can kind of get started, but, you know, you've really got to have some, got to have some guts to, for the long haul to, yeah. to grow to All the right. size that you have for sure. Yeah. The cost of en- entry for uh, installation is definitely not a low cost. No. no. Once you start getting into skid <laughs> loaders and excavators and, right. you know, a mow crew, you could start for a few thousand dollars, but a landscape crew to be mm-hmm. fully operational could be a couple hundred thousand dollars in equipment. Yeah, easy. Easy, yeah, because I know <laughs> so many people just start with the mow and then, yeah. yeah it's, then. it's like a natural progression. That, that's how kind of we started. Sure. That fertilization It's what we started out with. So, Yeah, fertilization is great. It's probably the most profitable thing in our industry. It is, it is. It's amazing. So what were yeah. your biggest struggles when you first started your business? Or just kind of getting going. I guess. Oh, cash flow! I'm not charging enough was yeah. was definitely the biggest struggle. Um, I'm not very good with money and asking for money, mm-hmm. and uh, and so I would I would not get a deposit, and then we would get I'd buy all the materials. I didn't have accounts, and then I would get myself stretched stretched really thin financially, and. Um, and then it would rain for two weeks and I couldn't finish the job and I couldn't get paid. And then, you know, I just, that was probably my biggest stressor when I first started was, um, uh, cash flow and everything. Yeah. So how, how did you, uh, overcome that? Uh, I started with deposits. That was really, uh, really key. There, there was, there was no reason to, uh, go buy four or five thousand dollars in materials for somebody's project out of my pocket, and then have the cash out yeah. to. Um, and then if anything happens, it just slows everything. And I was spending way too much time just trying to uh, juggle the money. Yeah. Um, when all I had to do was just get a deposit, and then boom, I could buy all the materials. And then if it rained, I wasn't. It it didn't hurt my cash flow, and yeah. we were able to progress that way. Nice. I meant to ask you too. Yeah. What, do you do uh, more commercial or residential type work? Uh, we're fairly split. Um, a few years ago, I got out of like so on our on our install side. I got out of working for builders and doing construction. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a few big jobs that that just went really poorly, and we ended up losing money on them, and then took months and months to get paid, and yeah. um, so. And then you're doing work for somebody that really doesn't appreciate your yep. service. They just want the cheapest thing possible to make the property sell when you're done. Yep. Yep. Oh, yeah. They, they don't care but, about the design. <laughs> yeah, they don't care about the design. They, they, you know, they, they weren't taking pride in their finished product. So I'm mostly on my design build side. We're mostly residential. We, we do some commercial, but mm-hmm. probably like a 20% commercial and Eighty mm-hmm. percent residential on our design build side, and then uh, maintenance side, we're about an even split. We okay. we we take care of a lot of commercial and um, apartment complexes and HOAs and stuff, but um, we're about a fifty fifty split there on the maintenance side. Nice, nice. 
what uh what do you think the biggest money maker is for you right now like what type of work um my biggest gross numbers that i do is is on the design build side mm-hmm. um and so that's the biggest gross numbers but the best net profit is, is definitely in chemical and fertilization mm-hmm. um just one truck one spray rig you're selling products and it's fairly easy to apply it and you can just do quite a bit a day with yeah. one person. Yeah. Um, and so best net profit would be that. And then irrigation repairs, irrigation repairs is a pretty, you're, you're marking up your, your materials. You always get a service call mm-hmm. and most irrigation repair jobs are time and material jobs. Nice. Do you have a dedicated irrigation person or? Yes, I have a, uh, irrigation supervisor, and he does all the irrigation maintenance, and then um, he comes and helps our landscape crews when we're doing an irrigation install. Gotcha. So we'll block a couple days for him when it's irrigation install time. Nice. So, and that's I reorganized that from last year. Last year we had um, a complete irrigation install crew, at two installers, and then the supervisor did maintenance and repairs. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was just really hard for me to keep up on their production and, and keep everything flowing and profitable mm-hmm. and, and then selling two or three, you know, two irrigation systems a week was, was somewhat of a daunting task also. Yeah. So this year, it's kind of an experiment year. Uh, my landscape guys are able to, um, produce the manual labor a lot faster. And so with one experienced guy there, all I need is a few laborers and they can really, they can knock out an eight zone irrigation system in two days pretty, pretty easily. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I think sometimes it just takes a little trial and error and that's good that you're, you know, willing and able to be flexible with it. Just figure it out, see what works. Yeah. Yep. Yep. We, we probably, I, I think I lost $50,000 installing irrigation last year. Ooh. We, put, we put in about <laughs> 50 so irrigation systems and... We just we didn't have a uh, we didn't have our numbers down very well, and we were just trying to, uh, trying to sell them as fast as possible, and trying to produce as fast as possible, and then we had a lot of return trips. And mm-hmm. um, that's definitely a cautionary tale because sometimes people think, oh, if I just sell more and keep doing more and just keep putting some in, I'll you know I'll make money, it'll be fine. I'll just keep banging it out and doing it. Hmm, nope. Yep. <laughs> so cautionary tale, folks. Nope. And last year we really broke down and were focused on trying to to learn our numbers because some things were doing really well and very profitable Mm -hmm. and some things were not. Mm -hmm. And it was coming out in the end where we we weren't really making money. I know I was making good money here and here, but where where was I losing money? Mm -hmm. Yeah. um, So that's why we did a little reorganize to see, um, see if we can make it more profitable that way this year. Nice. Uh, You have to to be willing to change and look at different things to, to, to make it so. yeah well that's always a real slap when you start digging into the numbers and you're like oh look at we busted our butt for nothing because yeah. we've been there too i mean same exact oh. same thing happened to us so we get it yeah <laughs> it wasn't with the irrigation but yep, yep. yep. And sometimes you have to adjust with the employees you have mm-hmm. sure and Work the with people what you, you can find yeah correct you know if, if i had a perfect person that could just do it all then <laughs> um, we could organize a little different but sure um you, you have to adjust by your people sometimes. Yeah. Have you uh, seen any effects from the COVID pandemic going on in your business right now? 
Yes, this year we've uh, we've probably had around eighty thousand dollars worth of work um, delay or cancel. Um, just the the luxury side of our business. A lot of people are um, uh, have investments in the stock market, and when that's down, they're not as willing to spend money on yeah. outdoor kitchens and uh, fancy stuff in the backyard. Yeah. But, um, our, our phone's still ringing off the hook. We're doing a lot more. Uh, a lot more small jobs this year. Um, we're not quite sold out as far as we typically would be. We're, we're probably normally sold, sold in the July and August by this time of year. Yeah. And I think we're we're about middle of June right now. Yeah. Okay. Still not bad. At least the phone's still ringing. Yeah. That's good. Just, yeah. What about your maintenance side? Did you lose some like commercial accounts or anything? Yeah, we did lose. We lost a large commercial apartment complex. Um, they they didn't want a comprehensive service this year because of everything that they were nervous about, and we weren't really we weren't really willing to maintain it just halfway. We we either want to do it all or or not at all. Yeah. So um, that was a fairly large uh, maintenance loss. But we also take care of uh, some restaurants that are closed. So our local Benny's has been one of my clients since the beginning. Mm-hmm. And they have us mowing once a month now wow. just to just, <laughs> just, just to, to save on cost. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was talking to um, my mother-in-law the other day, and it's because um, we take care of a lot of hotels and um, like mow them, snowplow them, everything. And we still have a ton of snowplowing money out. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we're working with the hotels to try and take it on payments and do what we can. But, yeah, it's just been a huge huge hit with the hotels because they're just not busy. Like she was saying, the one hotel, they are having the front desk lady mow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's, yeah, it's bad. <laughs> so. And it's, I don't get offended by that. Like I get no. it. No. I, yeah, we get it as well. And we're trying to work with them, but yeah, it's, it stinks. So. Yep. I take care of a large resort uh, venue and they're, Primarily weddings and uh, travel. They're they're a really high end fancy resort, mm-hmm. and they they take their their grounds are beautiful. They they do a lot and keep, maintain it really well. Um, we agreed to um, uh, give them a, a special deal this year. Give them longer longer terms on payments, mm-hmm. um, just to let them catch up, and then. Next year they're going to make it up to us and give us give us a little more work and we'll be able, we're going to charge them a little more next year nice. just to to maintain the relationship and help them get through this year. Yeah, that, that's awesome. You took the you know you're being proactive and talking about it, and so I know some yeah, of the business yeah, around just letting it go. Yeah, yeah. And this the guy that owns the resort. I landscaped most of it over the last ten years and. Um, he also owns a bunch of rental properties and we do, we just do a lot of work. I have a, a really good working relationship with him. So, nice. um, I, I know it, he's hurting and so we just wanted to take care of him. Yeah. Nice. So it'll pay back next year. Any issues with, uh, employees this year with COVID and wanting to take off or not wanting to come in or anything? You see anything like that? Yeah. It, it kind of at the beginning, I got some. Oh, I think I got a fever, so I'm not gonna come in. And and I I just kind of knew that, you know, I didn't want to be the guy that was like, oh, you're just BSing me. <laughs> um, but I kind of just knew it was like, you know, 
it was Thirsty Thursday, and you guys all went and yeah. uh, hung out last night. And so I, I kind of know you got the three two flu day. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, but uh, for the most part, it, that we just kind of saw that the first few days. I kind of scared everybody with all our policies and everything at first. They got a little nervous, but um, it didn't take long. We're back to normal. Yeah, that's good. So that's good. You think and it, it actually opened up? The COVID nineteen opened up. It's an employer's market now. Yeah, I, I was able to hire up all my spots in a week. That's awesome. Yeah, because I know you're talking in our academy how you're having issues at first to uh, to get people. And you're, yep. You're... At, at first, it was you know I, I recruited all winter and and I, I I devoted you know thirty or forty percent of my day for almost a month just just going through resumes and calling people and doing interviews. And, um, before all this happened, I had my, my experience positions filled. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, as soon as this happened, it, it, people are still calling our phones ringing off the hook by people <laughs> looking for jobs because they see it's not working still. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. And people were, I've, I get stood up for job interviews all the time, but, mm-hmm. um, because of this, people were, uh, uh, very proactive to make sure they came to their interviews and they, and they actually worked hard to get a job with me. And yeah. so it was kind of a, that was a breath of fresh air for me. <laughs> nice. You mind sharing your process that you use to, uh, to, you know, find employees and what you do? Yeah. So I, uh, um, I have a page on my website for hiring. Um, we're, we're very active on uh, social media and Facebook. And so I do job posts on there. And then I also use Indeed. Um, I use a paid account on Indeed so I can actually send messages to qualified applicants even if they haven't applied. And uh, that that was my most effective thing for finding some experienced people. Mm-hmm. But uh, with hiring, a few years ago, I kind of figured it out that I needed to use my marketing mind in the way that I advertise uh, for my business. And I needed to use that within my um, hiring process as well. And so um, I used to actually have in my job description for a landscape uh, labor, uh, the first line item in it was uh, your primary job will be a wheelbarrow operator. (laughs) And, (laughs) uh, you know, you must lift heavy things and you have to work long hours and you, um, need to work in inclement weather. And I used to just kind of, you know, I, I wanted to prepare them for the job. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's how it was when I was younger and applying for jobs. But uh, nowadays you really need to um, spin it in a positive way because a job's mm-hmm. more than just a wheelbarrow operator. Mm-hmm. Instead, you're, you're making spaces beautiful. You get to um, enjoy working outside and, and come be with the booming growing company and, join the family of toxic landscape. And mm-hmm. so on the top of every one of my hiring ads, I have this, this little spiel of, of a little about us and come work with us because it's going to be a great job and we're going to take care of you and yeah. uh, market it that way. Nice. That's smart. Yeah. Well, and I, everybody spends all the time trying to market to get customers, but we also have to do it the same thing to, uh, to get our employees. And it's yep. doing the absolutely. I've, I even use Google AdWords sometimes yeah. to get people to go to my hiring page. Yeah, because um, that's that's the main place where it seems like uh, you go to go to market is going to be Google, mm-hmm. and so uh, I started doing that, and that seemed to be pretty effective. 
Yeah, I know at one point we had a sign up front said something about get your tan and what was it? What yeah, was it was something about fresh getting yeah, fresh air and a nice tan or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this was years ago. Yeah, trying <laughs> to be silly, but <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, we did that and uh I did one a couple of years ago. We called it Body by Derek. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Getting shaped getting yeah. shaped this year, working on our landscape crew. Yeah. Our business is what's called South County Landscaping. So we always call it the South County Diet. Yep. So yeah. <laughs> yep. You'll you'll work those pounds right off. <laughs> but yeah, you also don't want somebody that just can't lift everything. So yeah. yeah. Um when you're hiring on your landscape crew, you know, they really do need to be vetted. Um yeah. A big part of my hiring process that I've I've uh, started last year and really buckled down on this year is uh, having good job descriptions mm-hmm. and uh, good job roles. We, we used to call all the guys on the mo crew, you know, the mo boys or you know, lawn jockeys or stuff like that. But um, you got to raise the bar for our industry, and so yeah. um, the, the lawn guys are, are now called lawn technicians. Yeah. You know, irrigation technicians, mm-hmm. you know, you're a landscape team leader or a landscape uh, uh, crew member kind of thing. Yeah. So t- little things like taking the, the, the labor out of the job name and, mm-hmm. um, you know, stuff yeah. like that seemed to really help. I think it makes them feel more important, too. They hear technician. It's better than labor. You know? Well, it's that company culture. Yeah, you know, yeah. yeah, I'm not just a laborer to you. I'm a technician. Yeah, mm-hmm. it gives you a little more. feels like you have more of a buy-in into your position. So, Yeah, yeah and they and then they take more pride in the work. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, and that's really the key. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's expensive to train people. So if you can really get guys to take pride in their work and stay and stick around and um, that really, uh, really helps your business grow. And then your quality is always better when you have, um, employees doing that kind of taking pride in the work and doing high quality stuff. Yeah. What do you do in the winter time? Do you lay people off or you, or you try to keep people or. I keep as many as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we generally end up going until, uh, mid December okay. and, I'll lay off. I, I try to keep all my all my uh, team leaders that are that lead mokers at least until December. I try to keep my chemical applicators at least till then, mm-hmm. and then we try to landscape all winter long. Yeah, nice. Typically, nice. but then we also do snow removal, okay. and so if it if it's a good snow winter, that can really um, keep the hours up pretty good. Yeah. Oh yeah, snow's mm-hmm. money. Except this year, at least in our area. <laughs> True. When yeah. it snows. So yeah. we, we actually, we did not plow at all in 2020. Holy cow. Um, we, we did some ice melt. We did, I think we had four or five ice storms, but we didn't, um, we didn't plow at all. Wow. In December of 2019, we had one snowstorm. Jeez. <laughs> and then the, the winter before, I think we had eight or nine snowstorms. Yeah. So... Yeah, this year was bad. Um, yeah, this year was bad, and that but then it kept raining, so we couldn't landscape either. Yeah, <laughs> dang it! So the entire month, the entire month of January, the ground was either mushy and wet or frozen, and we couldn't even landscape hardly at all. Stupid twenty twenty. So. <laughs> <laughs> been, been been a bad year with everything. Yeah. Yeah, twenty twenty is going to be a tough year to to beat our numbers compared to twenty nineteen. Yeah, I think everybody's going to be hurting a little bit this year. Yeah, I think this year it's just going to be um, 
a little more along the lines of how much money of you know make sure your profits and everything are are you know in line and it's just going to I would just focus on them on keeping money not necessarily worrying trying to hit you know beat 2019 sales goals and all that just make sure make sure your profits are good yes we're we're gonna we're running a little more lean this year mm-hmm. um I'm, I'm running at twofold i can't have a whole bunch of guys in trucks right and um i don't i we're, i've sent every truck and every trailer out every day just because mm-hmm. um, we don't have enough trucks and most of my trucks are single cabs but last year we ran we ran some three and four man crews. Mm-hmm. Where this year I'm going to be a little leaner and meaner, and we'll just everybody's going to be two man crews, and jobs will take a little longer. But yeah. um, you're a lot more efficient with two man crew than a three man crew. Yeah, yeah, nice. So. I know um, inside the academy in our live Q and A's, you've talked about a, a leadership program that you've done yourself, and you know you have some of your team members going through. You mind sharing that? Yeah, so uh, it started uh, three years ago. Um, I did a leadership development class at K State. Um, it was uh, uh, it's like a three year program, but you sign up every year. I went through the first year and it was great. I was pumped up after every class. Um, I was building systems. I was getting all excited about everything. And then I come back to my business and all my employees kind of look at me like, oh gosh, what is this guy coming up with now? <laughs> and so I kept getting excited and then beat down and then excited and beat down. Mm-hmm. And so um, I enjoyed it I, and I wanted to bring all that stuff I was learning to my company, but I needed other people to buy in on it. Mm-hmm. And so I decided not to do the course uh, the second year, um, but instead I, I developed a relationship with the guy that um, put on the course and I hired him, uh, actually traded him for landscape work, um, to come in and every other Friday for four hours, um, all of my leadership staff would come down. We'd all sit and, um, do leadership development classes, uh, with, with our consultant. And we, we started with everything from PDPs and so we could all learn each other's personalities. Um, then we read books together and, uh, uh, just helped us uh, grow as grow as leaders. So, did you see a, a it was pretty good buy-in with your culture and improvement in your employees overall after that? Yes, up and down. It 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 showed um, some leadership that I needed to get rid of, mm-hmm. and then uh, the leaders that I needed to keep. Um, it helped develop them and um, help them grow. You know both personally and professionally. So, um, a lot of issues that I didn't even know about surface. Um, you know, it, it re- we really forced each other to open up and, and dive into problems that, you know, I, I'm fairly oblivious to. Mm-hmm. Um, the first probably, uh, about a month into the class, I ended up having to, um, fire my, my number one guy, my number one, landscape installer. Oh, wow. Um, when we started the program, everybody agreed to be a part of the course and to um, commit personal time to it and read the books. And this guy just really didn't like it. He didn't want to grow as a person. He didn't want to grow as a professional. Um, it, it worked twofold because he was also my best friend. Um, <laughs> That's hard. And had I not been had I not been doing this class, I would have never known it, and we probably just would have struggled on for 
another year or two or three before something bad something happened blew and up. came to a head. Yeah. yeah that's a but, tough one. Um, it really brought clarity for me. And, and it was scary. And it was even rough for a little while to to fire my number one guy, my number one producer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we struggled for, for several months to fill his spot. But uh, now that he's not here, I'm I'm a happier person. Yeah. Um, our production's up. The rest of my crews are a lot happier, and just all, all around it really uh, improved morale and culture of the company. So, no, oh, that's it, amazing. It right Sometimes all it takes is to get rid of that one little bad egg. Yeah. Um, because I hate when one person can be so draining that it drains everybody else and just kind of brings it all down. So, yeah. oh, that's awesome yeah, that you were absolutely. able to do that. Mm-hmm. I remember. I remember in a past podcast that uh, Scott had talked about uh, dealing with similar, yeah. similar things. Yeah. So, yeah. so. Yeah, it's it was, hard. Is it my best friend. It was a uh, one of my best friends. It was very hard for him to do, and he like he he worked for my dad for I don't even know how long. Like I remember, oh, years. I was still in high school, and he was coming in working for my dad. And it was hard to, you know, we became friends over time, and it was just hard to get rid of him. But he just brought everybody down, and yeah. We we kind of laugh about it now, you know. We're still friends today, but it mm-hmm. it was it was hard to to fire. <laughs> yeah, that's rough. It, it, that, that's maybe some of the downsides of being a uh, being the boss. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it it sometimes is. you have to sometimes you have to bite your tongue and just do the right thing, and yeah. even if it's not what you want. Yeah, it's it's all for the but, betterment uh, of the company and your family. What your company needs. Yeah, yeah. Well, we uh. Oh, I have a few questions. Or oh, I just wanted to um, the podcast that we just did. Um, we talked about line item estimates and the lump sum estimates, and I thought you were one of the people that like to do the line mm, items. Yep. And so, only because Scott likes lump sum, we didn't really get to say some of the you know good things about line items. So, if you don't mind, if me putting you on the spot a little bit, um, if you have anything that you want to say about like why you would prefer those, I just like to give people both sides of the story. So. Um, yeah, absolutely. I'm, absolutely. All, I'm all for people just picking what works for them and mm-hmm. using it. And so Scott had some nice things to say about lump sum, but yeah, if you've got something awesome to say, um, if you don't mind. Yeah, absolutely. I haven't got to listen to that one yet. I just, I just saw it this morning and I haven't listened to it yet, but, sure. um, for, since I've been in business, I've done line items. Uh, we used to do it all through cookbooks. So everything's line items. You see what each, you know, say you got five, yards mulch you see that it's got five yards each yard costs 55 mm-hmm. total of 220 and um, that's how i've done it for years and years uh th- this year i i switched a little bit i use element now mm-hmm. and element gives me the ability to i still line item everything um, but i get rid i got rid of quantities mm-hmm. and so you can still see that it's I got rid of quantities and I got rid of the, the single material costs. Mm-hmm. So now it would just say five yards of mulch and then the total. Um, but sometimes I, if I know I'm competing for a job, sometimes I will click the button and I will show them again. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. We build a lot of like 14 inch limestone walls. Somebody comes in and they build a five foot tall wall and it only has 15 tons of rock. I want them to see that I'm bringing in 25 tons of rock mm-hmm. and I'm building a bigger wall and I'm, I'm doing more than so occasionally on, on, on hardscape projects and stuff like that for clarity for the customer to know, to compare apples to apples. I like to be able to give them, mm-hmm. give them that. Yeah. But 
Okay. Uh, the, there are downsides to the line item because some people watch you the whole time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then they say, well, they only brought in two yards of River Rock and you quoted me for four yards. Right. Um, can you refund me those two yards? Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> yes, we only needed two yards, but I actually went over on this over here. So I will right. renegotiate if you want to, but I'm going to charge you for the four extra yards of topsoil we used. Sure. So. Sure. This year, it's experiment of getting rid of um, some of those some of those quantity numbers, and mm-hmm. um, I, I still don't have a ton of feedback mm-hmm. um, at this point. But I know we lost a project this spring because uh, they were we were ten thousand dollars more on this large retaining wall, mm-hmm. and and they didn't get to see on my quote that I was actually building the tall wall. I drove by a little bit later, and they were like five foot too short on their wall so they got shorted they got shorted ten thousand dollars worth of work on uh on the quote so that's one that where if i would have showed those numbers the Mm -hmm. client might have seen that okay he's bringing in 20 more tons of rock like Mm -hmm. okay Mm. i'm getting more for my money here yeah all right all right no thanks uh and my only other question was is there anything you're you know pretty excited about for this upcoming season or um, yeah, so uh, I, I'm looking at a property, and I'm hoping um, I'm hoping that we can make a property work out. Right now, I rent uh, two warehouses; mm-hmm. they're connected side by side, and I spend close to three thousand dollars a month in rent. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it's not big enough. We're maxed out. I don't have enough. I don't have enough outdoor space. I don't have room for bins. And my employee parking lot is overflowing into the front yard and the grass and <laughs> everywhere else. Uh-huh. And so um, I've been looking for two years and I just haven't found anything that'll work. And this property just came up, has mm-hmm. motivated sellers and nice. um, has three acres of land on it with a big nice. warehouse and offices and ready to go for me. So oh, that's awesome. Ooh, that is <laughs> exciting. Well, I hope that works out for you. Nice. And so p- part of the COVID-19, if, uh, if we get some of these, I applied for the PPP loan. Mm-hmm. If I get the PPP loan, um, I'll use that for payroll. Yeah. And uh, it's going to free up my liquid cash to uh, be able to make a big down payment on the land and, there you go. and be able to make it happen. Noise. Nice. Tussock landscaping's getting all fancy. <laughs> I like it. I'm, that's a, that is exciting. Nice. Yep. Um, we do have one new feature. We just got in these, uh, they're called pod decks are basically, uh, interview cards and, uh, they're kind of, kind of silly questions. You, do you mind if we ask you one of these? Go ahead. All right. Oh, this is awesome. I didn't yeah, know Scott we, we was going to do this. We, this so. is the first time you're the first one. So, oh, I'm All, right. Nervous. All right. So what's the funniest place you've ever fallen asleep? Ooh, <laughs> I fell asleep in the drive through one time. I'd been uh, I'd been plowing snow for twenty some hours straight, <laughs> and then I went to the drive-through to grab some food, and I was sitting there in line waiting to get my food, and I fell asleep. <laughs> and when I fall asleep, I fall asleep. <laughs> and so somebody came up and was knocking on my window, and they're like, "What are you doing?" And I was like, "Oh, sorry, I've been awake for thirty hours. I need to pull up and get my food. Sorry." <laughs> that's awesome. That is that's really good. That was. Uh, I think only but, only people that have plowed like would fully understand yeah, that. Like, uh-huh. how could you could fall asleep <laughs> in the drive? Right. 
That's awesome. Nice. I, I try not to plow that much, that long anymore, but sometimes it just happens. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> We've been there. Well, Scott's been there. Yeah. I never plowed that long. I get really um, motion sick, and so I'm <laughs> pretty much the world's worst plow plower. I because I have to get out of the truck and vomit every now and again. So yeah. she she was terrible at yeah, the first I, time I took her. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. I can't I can't ride in a plow truck. I get sick. Yeah. yeah. Even um, um and, plowing my even do I definitely can't ride, but even plowing um. Like, because uh, when I worked for the parks department, I would have to plow the property that I was m- maintaining. So I would come in and like get it opened up. Like I'd come in real early and get it opened up, but then I'd have to have somebody come in and finish it because, ugh, <laughs> all the like sun reflecting off of the snow, it's too much. I can't. I just can't. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I've, so I, I actually can't have anybody ride with me because everybody's that rides with me ends up getting sick. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 run, I run pretty hard and pretty fast when I plow. So Yes, that is exactly um, how Scott does as well. And it's so I get it. No, it's too much. You got out the one time and sat in the hotel where I was. I did. I, was I thought I was going to die. So, <laughs> yeah, it was awful. So, nice. yeah, it, whenever I have anybody ride with me, I got to stop and let them get out when I'm on a big parking lot. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> let them walk around for a few minutes. Yeah. So, it's my as of last year I just quit having somebody with me. I just yeah. I make sure my route doesn't have any sidewalks on it and Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I get after it. Yeah. Nice. All right. Well, Derek, we appreciate you being on here again for the second time here. <laughs> this better have recorded it this did. time. It, I oh. can see it. <laughs> okay. Sorry. The second the second time's probably better than the first one. So yeah. we're just we're, we're putting out an even better podcast than the first one. Yeah, Absolutely. It was just practice. Yeah. So <laughs> All right, Derek. Well, you have any comments you'd like to add? Or yeah, anything you want to ask us before we wrap up? Um, well, I'd encourage anybody that, uh, that hasn't to look at the academy. Um, it, I know it opens and closes, but uh, if if you're a young uh, business owner, um, the green growth method is amazing. Um, I I wish I had had it ten years ago. Oh. I could have I could have skipped a lot of mistakes that I made. Oh, thank and you. So, that's exactly what well, we were going uh, the, for. The green growth method. <laughs> yep, the green growth method is almost cheating, in my opinion, because you get to see, you, you get to skip a lot of mistakes if you if if you go through this method. Mm-hmm. Um, it helps it helps you get ahead. Um, I I would have saved a lot of time, a lot of money, and a, heart, a lot of heartbreak had I had I had that. And and I, I I've got a fairly large business, and I still have taken the green growth method and used it to improve my systems awesome. and to help fill the holes. And it, it's helped me jump ahead even further. Awesome. So awesome. Fantastic. Um, no, I said, thank know you. Your numbers. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. Know your numbers. Um, it, it, when you're doing estimates, even when you're first starting out, you need to just, you got to break things down because you making 20 bucks an hour is not enough <laughs> to, um, to, to build a business and to grow a business and, you know, to, to, um, cover all your overhead costs and your mm-hmm. operating costs and depreciate your, web, your uh, equipment. Mm-hmm. Um, so know your numbers and, and know what it costs you every hour to run. And it, it really will help you, um, give better educated bids and make sure you're profitable. Mm-hmm. That's, well, there's no point of doing all this work. You busting your ass and you don't make any money. There's no point of doing it. Yeah, we put this together because <laughs> yeah. we've we already lived through like you, like the busting your ass and not making any money, and it sucked. So we're like, hmm, maybe if we put this out there, we can help save some people some heartache. So yeah, I, I joke that I've done a bunch of landscapes for free because just 
they didn't charge enough and yeah. they even lost money on them and Sure. So I, for for years, I've joked that I did a bunch for free, but um, they <laughs> were, were just hard earned lessons. So yeah, you were not for profit. You can skip those hard earned lessons. Do it. Yep. Awesome. Thank you. All right, Derek. Well, thank you for joining us, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Have a good one. All right. Thank you. You guys have a good weekend. Yep. You too. too. Bye bye. Bye. Hey everyone, just want to thank you again for joining us today. If you enjoyed today's podcast, we do ask you for one quick favor. Could you please head over to iTunes and leave us a review? A five-star review is even better, but it helps us get our rankings up and help us spread our message. Are you not sure how to take your business from where it is now to where you want it to be? We have a five-step process that can help you with that. It's called the Green Growth Method, and if you head over to milliondollarlandscaper.com, you can take the quiz to find out where you can get started to working on your business.